And welcome back to The Word Encounter, episode 112. Uh, we're going to pick it up in Proverbs 14, so let's get started. It says here in verse 1, Every wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. This is interesting. Um, I don't know if you're aware of any couples like this, but I am, uh, where they seem to be in competition with each other, uh, be it their jobs, employment, career, whatever, and that um, one is can be kind of jealous of the other one's success. How ridiculous. This is one household. Everybody should be happy for everybody when they uh, achieve certain goals, uh, career goals, um, promotions, or, or whatever. Uh, but I've witnessed uh, there uh, uh, be a growing jealousy between the couple when this happens. And that, that's, that's like, I, I don't understand that. I, I can't comprehend that. But it exists. Verse 2. Whoever lives with integrity fears the Lord, but the one who is devious in his ways despises him. And so the word is saying that if you are devious in your ways, not only are you devious in your ways, but you despise the Lord. You see, you despise, you hate God when you are devious in your ways. I don't know that anybody wants to be in a position where they're hating God. But anyway, verse four. There are no oxen, where there are no oxen, the feeding trough is empty, but an abundant harvest comes through the strength of an oxen. Now, what exactly does this mean? Well, if a farmer has no oxen, then he can't till the ground. He cannot plow the ground. Uh, no work will be done. And so if he has no oxen, no, uh, yeah, if he has no oxen, there will be no animals in the stable, in the manger. And so it'll be clean. There'll be no poop to clean up or it won't smell nasty or anything like that. But in addition to that, there won't be any harvest. You see, there won't be any harvest without that inconvenience. And so the only way to keep your life free from people problems is to have no people in your life. But if you have no people in your life, you're only living for yourself. And if you're only living for yourself, you're leading a useless life. And so you have to have the, 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 the dirt and the grime and the discomfort and whatnot that comes along with having people in your life so that your life can, in fact, be fruitful. And just like the farmer who has to put up with this stuff from the animals, but if not for the animals, he would have no way to earn a living. And so there are certain things that we just simply have to put up with, have to deal with, have to learn how to master in order that we lead life, a fruitful life, not just life, a fruitful life. Verse 12, there is a way that seems right to a person, but its end, uh, but its end is the way to death. You see, so when you're making up your own rules about life, when you're living life according to your own rules and own standards, you're making things up as you go along, it seems right to you. But in the end, it's the way to death, and because it's the way to uh, it's the way to death, because you're not listening to the ways of the Lord, you're not hearkening on to the voice of the Lord, you're not doing things according to His plans and purposes. You're doing things according to your plans and purposes. Verse fifteen: The experienced one believes anything, but the sensible one watches his steps. This talks about gullibility, you know, and so the inexperienced one will believe anything that comes down the pike. Anything that they hear, they'll just agree with, particularly if they want to agree with it. Because if they want to agree with something, then they're going to be more susceptible to listening to those things that they are already predetermined to agree with. 
But the sensible one watches his steps. The sensible one watches where he's going. The sensible one watches his steps and makes sure that they are in accordance with the Lord to verify that he is going in the right direction. Verse 16, a wise person is cautious and turns from evil, but a fool is easily angered and is careless. High emotional content in your life, (laughs) if I can put it that way, or a high susceptibility to emotional responses will lead you into careless behavior. And you won't turn from evil because you're too emotionally vested in whatever it is. And so emotions can be used for good or, 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 or can be used for evil. Uh, many times when it's used for evil, people don't even recognize it's being used for evil. But when you're in a state of high emotional rage, for instance, you lose all sensibilities and you just start acting or reacting, I should say, animalistically. <clears throat> Verse 23, there is profit in all hard work. But endless talk leads only to poverty. Man, I tell you, I know so many people that talk about the things that they're going to do and the things that they want to do, and I'm going to do this, I want to do that, and they never do a doggone thing. They just talk. There's profit in all hard work, but endless talk leads only to poverty. Verse 26, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children have a refuge. You see, when you stake your life in something that's unmovable, unshakable, then your children have something to go to because it's not subject to changing over time. Verse 29, a patient person shows great understanding, but a quick-tempered one promotes foolishness. Again, we see this emotional reaction, you know, quick-temperedness. It promotes foolishness because it by, and now it starts to bypass, bypass your thought process and, and, and any kind of... Uh, um, meditation you might do on something. You just bypass all of that, and you just go straight to a reaction. Verse 31, the one who oppresses the poor person insults his maker, but the one who is kind to the needy honors him. So when we're kind to needy people, and again, the word is not only when it says needy, and a lot of, because of our culture, a lot of what we think about immediately jumps to finances, resources, money, that sort of thing. But no, a person could be needy in relationship, right? They could be needy in healing. They could be needy in, they could be needy in education. They could be needy in a lot of places. And it says, but the one who is kind to the needy honors him. So when we're kind to those that are in need, we are honoring the Lord. We're not just doing a good thing for them. In other words, we are honoring the Lord. Chapter 15, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere, observing the wicked and the good. There is no hiding. Verse 5, a fool despises his father's discipline, but a person who accepts correction is sensible. The person who accepts correction is wise. You see, especially from trusted sources, you know, and that's being implied here. Uh, What's being implied is that the source is coming from wise people. And so a person who accepts uh, who accepts correction from them is sensible, is being wise. They're able to control their pride. They're able to suppress their pride because they can put themselves in a position of learning. Verse eight. 
The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. If wicked people sacrifice to the Lord, so got a wicked person, they go out, rob, you know, steal a million dollars or something, and say, well, I'm going to give 10% to the church. Okay, I'm going to sacrifice $100,000 um, to the church. Well, that is detestable to the Lord because it's ill-gotten gains. And so, you know, that, that does nothing for you. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. And so not even a sacrifice, but the prayer of a righteous person, the prayer of somebody who's right is a delight to the Lord, whereas the giving and the sacrifices of resources from ill-gotten gains from a wicked person, uh, they are detestable to the Lord. Verse 10, discipline is harsh for the one who leaves the path, but the one who hates correction will die. See, the one who understands the principles of God, they will readily uh, avail themselves of correction. They will accept correction because they want to be on the path to life. But discipline or correction can be harsh. And so that those are, that aren't on the right path, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. So they deviate from that path, which leads to death. Verse 16, better a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with turmoil. See, if you have nothing but you have fear of the Lord, you in fact have everything. You can have great treasure, great riches, Gold, silver, money, whatever. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, it is only going to give birth to turmoil. Trust me on this. It's only going to give birth to turmoil and a lack of peace, discomfort, and pain. Verse 18, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one slow to anger calms strife. See, now we're seeing the opposite of a rush to judgment, an opposite of responding emotionally in anger to things that happen. The one slow to anger, that means you are demonstrating control over your responses. You're demonstrating control over your emotions. The one slow to anger calms strife. The one slow to anger puts a blanket over strife and calms it down, changing the atmosphere of things. Verse 22, plans fail when there is no counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. You can't be out there making decisions on your own, doing what you think is best. You know, wise counselors is critical to success, uh, success in life, regardless of what phase of life we're talking about. Verse 27, the one who profits dishonestly troubles his household, but the one who hates bribes will, uh, will live. And so, again, this is talking about ill-gotten gains. And if, if, if you involve yourself in criminal activity or, or fraud or bribes or this, that, and the other, it's going to trouble your household eventually. Because if you're susceptible to doing that, you're susceptible to cheating in other areas of life. It's going to lead to troubles in your household. Oh, geez, what is this? I lost my place. Mm, there we go. Let's see. Yes, verse 28. The mind of the righteous person thinks before answering, but the mouth of the wicked blurts out evil things. Slow to anger, being calm, thinking before you speak, being deliberate instead of being reactionary 
These things demonstrate wisdom. The mouth of the wicked person blurts out evil things. He hasn't thought. He's just responding, reacting with no thought. Verse 31, the one who listens to life-giving rebukes will be at home among the wise. You will be welcome among the wise um, when you listen to the things that wise people have to tell you. See, they will welcome you. You will become a comrade, you know. You'll become a, become a partnership in wisdom. Or you, I should say you will become a partner in wisdom. And you will be at home amongst them. Verse 32, anyone who ignores discipline despises himself. But whoever listens to correction acquires good sense. Now, the thing that's undergirding, the things uh, that is foundational to these particular Proverbs is having the ability to arrest your pride and lay it down. You know, do we have that ability to, to, to harness our pride so that it doesn't get in the way to wise living? Verse 33, the fear of the Lord uh, is what wisdom teaches, and humility comes before honor. Humility Practical humility means that you are able to control your pride, that you are able, able to suppress your pride. That is what humility really is. Chapter 16, verse 2. All a person's ways seems right to him, but the Lord weighs the motives. All a person ways seems right to him. But the Lord weighs the motives. See, you can do the right thing for the wrong reason, and it will not be attributed to you as righteousness. You can do the wrong thing with the right heart, the right motive, and you will be judged righteous. It's about the motive of the heart, not the action of the hands. See, the, the actions of the hands can fool people, but they can't fool the Lord because the Lord is looking inside you. The Lord is looking in your chest. The Lord is looking at your heart. <clears throat> Verse 3, commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. You know, when you're about to embark upon something, and be it a business or whatever activity, uh, activity, you know, pray to the Lord. Say, Lord, you know, if I'm doing something wrong here, then uh, correct my ways. Bring it to my attention so I can do something about it. You are, in fact, committing your activity to the Lord. You're not going to the Lord after you have started your activity and then gotten into some kind of trouble. You're doing it beforehand. Verse 5, anyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. Verse 7, when a person's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. You see, when your ways are pleasing before the Lord, he's going to make sure that even your enemies and you are going to be cool. They're not going to be obstructive and get in your way. Verse 9, a person's heart, a person's heart plans his way but the Lord determines his steps. So you can have plans. You can say, okay, I want to accomplish this. I want to accomplish that. 
um, appeal to the Lord that he give you a wise process, that he gives you wise procedures in order to go about accomplishing that instead of just relying on your own intelligence and knowledge and wisdom. Verse 18, pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. <laughs> no further explanation necessary. Verse 23, the heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. It adds learning to his speech. And so if you're wise, that means that you have a fear of the Lord on you. That means that it is going to govern what comes out of your mouth and is going to add learning to your speech. So when you talk, you know, it's going to be talk of, of wisdom and knowledge, and people are going to be able to absorb that if they can suppress their pride. Verse 26, a worker's appetite works for him because his hunger urges him on. See, if you're hungry, then you'll go out there and work. You'll do what's necessary to make things get done. If you're not, then you won't. And so the appetite, your appetite, your hunger is actually an aid. You know, a lot of time, a lot of times when we when our when our hunger gets satisfied, then we don't want to do anything else. But in a state of hunger, we're motivated. Verse 31. Gray hair is, is a glorious crown. It is found in the ways of the righteous. Verse 32, patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions better than capturing a city. See, again, it's self-control. Patience is better than power. Demonstrating patience and controlling your emotions, not letting your emotions get out of whack, you know, is better than capturing a city. That means that you are demonstrating control over your body. You're demonstrating control over your mind. And self-control is what we're sorely lacking in a lot of people today around the world. Chapter 17, verse 1. Better a dry crust with peace than a house full of feasting with strife. In other words, it's better to have little but have peace than have a whole lot but nothing but, you know, chaos and strife in your house. Verse 5, the one who mocks the poor insults his maker, and the one who rejoices over calamity will not go unpunished. And so, and the one who rejoices over calamity will not go unpunished. A lot of us have, have enemies in this life. And we feel a sense of glee when they get into some kind of problem, some kind of trouble, some of, yeah, I knew that was going to happen to them and whatnot. That does not please the Lord because vengeance be the Lord's, not ours. And so, and one who rejoices over calamity will not go unpunished. And so if you are gleeful, remember the Lord is examining your heart. If you are gleeful at the downfall and the troubles that others may be experienced who are your enemies, it says that you won't go unpunished. Think about it. Verse 7, eloquent words are not appropriate on a fool's lips. How much worse are lies for a ruler? You know, and so yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. Verse 9, whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. And so if 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 somebody has offended you, for instance, a lot of people want other people to know 
that you have offended me, you know, and you need to apologize to me. But the word here says, whoever conceals an offense promotes love. And so you're promoting love, you're promoting harmony by basically controlling your emotions because what offenses are, are when your emotions get out of whack because you feel like that you have been insulted in some kind of way. And that doesn't mean that you haven't been insulted, okay? But that doesn't mean you can't control your response. And so whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. Verse 13, if anyone returns evil for good, evil will never depart from his house. Verse 14, to start a conflict is to release a flood. Stop the dispute before it breaks out. Cut off potential issues at the knees. Don't let them get out of, out of whack. Don't let them grow. If you know that you've done something and potentially offended somebody or whatever, don't just leave it alone, let it fester. Cut it off at the knees. Go to that person. It, it, admit what you feel like you've done wrong. Uh, um, ask for their forgiveness. Don't tell them you're sorry. Ask for their forgiveness. When you ask for somebody's forgiveness, you are putting the power of the situation in their hands. You are essentially humbling yourself before them because they have to respond and they don't have to forgive you. When you say, I'm sorry, you are still in control. You see, I'm sorry doesn't demand a response. It's just something that you say. Look, um, I did blah, 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 blah. I didn't intend to. Will you please forgive me for it? Shut up and wait for a response. They have to respond. Be prepared for them not to forgive you, though. But you are doing the right thing. You are ceding control of the situation to them. <clears throat> Verse 16. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Verse 16. Why does a fool have money in his hand with no intention of buying wisdom? <laughs> we know what a fool will do with money. He will eventually lose it. You know, there's no there's no activity with regard to gathering wisdom so that the fool can know what to do. And in not doing and not doing so, the fool is demonstrating his foolishness. Verse 18, one without sense enters an agreement and puts up security for his friend. We've talked about this before. You know, you don't be putting up the collateral and, and, and security and whatnot for somebody else's um, loan, somebody else's need. That's on them. Verse 21, a man fathers a fool, uh, a man, a man fathers a fool to his own sorrow. The father of a fool has no joy. Verse 24, wisdom um, is the focus of the perceptive, but a fool's eyes roam to the ends of the earth. Hmm. If you are a perceptive person, wisdom is going to be your focus. You want to do wise things. You want to behave in a wise manner. Why? Because you want to pursue the path of life, and so you want to be live. Uh, you want to be wise. But a fool's eyes roam to the ends of the earth. So a fool is looking all over the place for his satisfaction. You see, people put their confidence in various things, and then when they acquire them, they find out how impotent they are. You know, and it's like, I thought this would render me happiness, but it's not. I thought I would be satisfied when I got this, but I'm not. And so they're always on the lookout for the next thing, for the next thing, for the next thing. They'll never find it because it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist outside of the Lord. He's the only one 
that has a sustaining power uh, to give you contentment in life. Everything else is temporal. And so, verse 27, the one who has knowledge restrains his words, and one who keeps his cool head, and one who keeps a cool head is a person of understanding, again, controlling our emotions. Verse 28, even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent, discerning when he seals his lips. People talk too much. You know, they, they, they feel like they have to let everybody know uh, they have to demonstrate their knowledge and wisdom um, and their opinions. And so they just talk and talk and talk and talk. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent. Discerning when he seals his lips. Don't talk so much. Listen more. You know. And with that, I think we are going to pick it up in Proverbs chapter 18 tomorrow. Everybody have a blessed day. Bye-bye.